Good morning, everybody, on this beautiful Sunday. Welcome to the Money Wise Radio Show with the Money Guys, Ray and Peter Lance of USA Wealth Group. Ray, it's great to see you again. Nice to have you back. Good morning, Phil. It's always a pleasure. This morning, I have to tell you, we don't have Peter with us. I see. And there's a very important reason. I'd like to say congratulations, Peter, and congratulations, Jen. We're bringing into this world a wonderful, beautiful little girl. Her name is Charlotte. Oh, how beautiful. I'm sorry to say I can't remember her weight or I've heard conflicting stories. I can't remember if it's 7 pounds, 13 ounces or 8 pounds, 13 <laughs> ounces. But it's uh, pretty hefty. And I had a chance to hold her uh, a couple of days after she was born. And she's beautiful, of course. Takes after her dad and her mother. Oh, I'm sure. There's a good reason for Peter not being here today. He's going to have many sleepless nights. (laughs) We wish them all God's blessings and a lot of love. Nothing like a newborn baby in the family. Right. And uh, he will be back with us again next week. Mm -hmm. We'll be talking about some things then. Today we're going to talk about something that's very important and for some very important reasons. We're going to talk in detail about Social Security. It's such a complicated subject. People think that it's fairly simple. When you reach a certain age, you go down and you sign up and you collect. But if you do that and don't make plans and don't figure out what your options are, you could be costing yourself and your family or your spouse literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, my goodness. But before we begin, Phil... Oh, I've been waiting. I I couldn't make the show last week because I was traveling, and I heard that Peter made some remarks. Actually, I listened to the show from a distance, (laughs) and I heard Peter make some remarks about what a relief and that you had a break from not having to identify the famous Greek philosopher. That's right. So I have a few quotes for you this morning. We'll make up for last week. How appropriate, because today, Ray is Easter for the Greek Orthodox. Yes, I know that. And I've been reading about some of the Greek recipes in the paper and uh, baklava and uh, souvlaki. Is that what it is? Absolutely. That's the lamb, correct? Yes. I like almost all Greek foods except for octopus. Oh, my goodness. When I was in Greece in some of the outdoor taverners, they had octopuses hanging down beside you, drying in the sun. and. The problem with the octopus is if you try to bite into it, sometimes they they stick, those little suction cups, they stick on your tongue. No, they don't. (laughs) No, they don't. (laughs) Just last week, I had Olympia Dukakis on the air. She's a terrific lady. Oh. She said her favorite Greek food is grilled octopus. (laughs) Wow, and I wonder how it's served. It must be served with some spices or something. Um, I don't know uh, what else. Well, rice and whatnot, but on the open grill, it, it takes on a completely different uh, texture and taste. Well, when you and I travel to Greece mm. next year, Yasu. with an unknown number of people who might join us, yes. we will try octopus together. That sounds great. But I, I have to say I did enjoy almost all the food that I had in Greece. The only thing that I didn't like, and I know it's common in a lot of cultures, is when they serve you fish, the entire fish is grilled. Head and tail and Head and, and tail, all. and it's all served on the plate together. Mm-hmm. It's a little disconcerting to see the eyes looking back at you. <laughs> so you have to get beyond it's that. It's done that way so that you know it's fresh. Yes. 
And uh, if you don't mind, I take a moment here, Ray, to wish uh, all who are celebrating Easter today, Christos Anesti. And happy Easter. Exactly. Exactly. That's wonderful. That's good. Excellent. So I'd like to give you, and it's especially appropriate for this particular broadcast, some quotations from a famous Greek philosopher. And here's two of them for you. There are two things a person should never be angry at, what they can help and what they cannot. Hmm. Sounds like my grandmother. Hmm. Let me think here. Plato. Plato it is. Oh, no. Oh, (laughs) You're getting better, Phil. I don't believe it. So I'm going to give you one more then. Oh, no. And this one is also in memory of... uh, So if I get it wrong, you only give me one? No. No. If you get it right, I'll give you another one until you fail. No, I won't do that. But this one is especially for Peter and Jen. Mm -hmm. No man should bring children into the world who is unwilling to persevere to the end in their nature and education. Now, that sounds like Plato as well. That's also Plato. You get two gold stars on your forehead today, (gasps) Phil. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. (laughs) So it's a good way. But Plato said some really interesting things. And I have to just give you one more. I'll share one more somewhere in the middle of the show. But I like this one. This is uh, my old friend Benjamin Franklin. By failing to prepare, Mm -hmm. you are preparing to fail. Mm -hmm. Now, how does that segue into Social Security and what we're going to talk about? Perfectly. (laughs) And thank you for the prompt. You know, if you don't fail to plan for Social Security, then you're not going to get the most amount of money that you should, and the choices you make when you decide to start taking Social Security are for the rest of your life. You can't go backwards. There's one small exception to that. Within 12 months, if you realize you've made a mistake, you can go backwards. You can repay the amount that you collected during that first 12 months, and then you can wait until a later date. But for most people, it's too late. So my comments here today especially are aimed for people who might be between the ages of 58 and 65 who have not yet started to collect Social Security. Mm -hmm. But I want to tell you a a story just to start out with of how very important this can be. I recently met with a couple. The gentleman is 72 years old. He's been collecting Social Security for a number of years. His wife is just about to turn 66. Actually, she did a month ago. And she hadn't started to collect Social Security yet. And she was going to collect on her own account, which was a fairly modest amount of money. Let's say it was five or $600. In the meantime, her husband was already collecting about $2,400 or $2,500. Uh, he was at the maximum because he was a high-income earner. And I explained to them that at age 66, because her husband had already started to collect, she could collect a spousal benefit, which is one half of his amount, and her amount was going to be, I think, around $13,000 a year, excuse me, $1,300 a month, about $16,000 a year she could collect by collecting the 50% spousal benefit off her husband's account. Mm -hmm. And don't touch her own account. Let her account accumulate until she reached age 70 
and then switch over and switch back. And she can make a decision at age 70 to see which was higher. Her own account, which would have increased by a third, roughly, 32%, 33%, or her husband's account and take half of his. Um, they had never heard of it. Nobody at Social Security had talked to her about that because they don't take not. the time to do that no. often or they don't have the time or the staff to do it. Sure. So by my simply telling her that, um, I made this family an extra $16,000 a year that they would not have known about, would not have collected. So you need to be making informed decisions when you apply for Social Security. This is one of the aspects I really love about this program. Uh, the public service that you do in helping people is just extraordinary. So uh, I guess one has to be their own advocate when it comes to uh, both uh, Social Security and health care as well, right? Oh, absolutely. The interesting thing is that there's a huge amount of information available. And if you have access to a computer, you can go into socialsecurity.gov, G-O-V, and you can find everything that I'm going to be telling you about today, but it's pages and pages and pages of information, and you still not, might not make the right choices. So today I'm going to tell you about some of the things that you can do. I'm going to tell you about how to get some free reports uh, from our office. And I'm also going to tell you that we're going to be doing some seminars to the public. I'm going to tell you who should attend and when they will be. We're going to be doing some seminars on the subject of Social Security only, and this is going to be on Tuesday, May 14th at 2 o'clock and at 6.30 p.m. That will be at our office, USA Wealth Group, 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. And we're also going to do it on Thursday, May 16th at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven. We are not advertising this seminar in the general uh, media. Okay. Uh, we've sent out a specific mailing to people in the age brackets of age 58 to 65. But if you're listening today, and if you want to make sure you're making the right decisions, come to one of the seminars. If you don't remember all the information, just call our office and they'll be happy to tell you the dates. 508-998-8858. The seminar itself is not lengthy. It'll last about an hour. It'll cover in a little bit more detail, some of the things that we're going to talk about right now. In the space of this radio hour that we have, we can't begin to cover the entire topic, and it is complicated. And the workshop is free, ladies and gentlemen, yes. absolutely free. But we do ask people to make a reservation because we sure. do have limited space, especially at the office. So let's talk about Social Security. Okay. Some of the questions that people like to ask are, Will Social Security be there for me? How much money can I expect to receive? When should I apply for Social Security? How can I maximize my benefits? And is it going to be enough money for me to live on in retirement? Right. And the answer is, it depends. And it depends if you do some planning. So you need to understand the value of Social Security. Think of Social Security as being the largest single asset that most people will have. You know, some people might have money in life insurance or annuities or bank accounts or stocks, bonds, mutual funds. And we tend not to think of Social Security as being an asset. But in fact, for most people, it's the largest single asset that they have. It's a stream of income, but it continues for your entire life. It doesn't stop. 
and you cannot outlive Social Security as a source of income. Whether you live 10 years or 30 or more years, it's going to continue for you. The other thing to remember about Social Security is that there is a cost of living increase. And there are a couple of myths about the cost of living increase. People think, well, Congress was, was mean this year, or the president was mean this year, and they were fighting over the budget, so they didn't give us a cost of living increase. That's not true. Congress and the president don't have anything to do with setting the cost of living increase. It's an automatic adjustment that's built into the formula, and it's keyed to the rate of inflation and some other complicated factors, and it's built into the Social Security legislation and formulas so that if these factors kick in, we get a cost of living increase. If the economy is not doing well, then we don't get a cost of living increase. And so I just want people to know that it's not based upon the actions or the inactions right. of Congress or the president. It's not mm-hmm. a political thing. Right. Not yet. Oh. Anyway. But it may be. Um, Social Security also offers uh, survivor benefits. And especially if a couple um, you know, are together, they're married, one spouse dies, the other spouse has a right to collect whichever Social Security amount is greater. If the husband dies first and his Social Security amount is greater than his wife's, which is unfortunately often the case because of the disparity in incomes in this country, then the wife has the choice. She can continue to collect her own benefit or she can collect her husband's if that's larger and vice versa. Now, how are they notified? They're not. Oh. They have to get in touch with Social Security and let them know. Wow. That's huge. So you need to make some informed decisions at many stages in your life. And we're going to talk about how to maximize these benefits. The first question I'd like to talk about is, is Social Security going to be there? Will the program last? Will it continue? There's a lot of information in the newspaper about Social Security running out of money. That's not necessarily going to happen. It is a very large portion of the federal budget that goes to Social Security and Medicare. We're going to maybe say a minute about Medicare today, but it's a very detailed topic by itself. But um, the trust fund balance, so-called, for Social Security is really kind of a myth. There is not really a Social Security trust fund. It's a paper myth. It's a paper amount that that's the amount of money that should be there, and it's a credit in the Social Security uh, books and system. But in fact, the money has been used for many years in the general operating revenue of the federal government. Right. So they have to put the money back, and they have to account for it. But the long-term projections are that Social Security could theoretically run out of money uh, approximately in the year 2036. It won't affect anybody who's collecting today. It won't affect baby boomers. The next generation down, it will absolutely uh, potentially impact. So Congress periodically uh, comes up with studies on what can we do to make sure Social Security will last. You know, the fact is, Phil, that people continue to count on Social Security. They rely upon that. And that's a central piece of most people's retirement. That's right. But that wasn't the original purpose of Social Security. Originally, it was to help poor people who had nothing else just to get by. And now it's become, in the minds of most people, an entitlement. Mm -hmm. 
we have to have social security. We don't want to run out of the social security program. So there are things that are, are run into Congress periodically on ways to increase the social security fund, such as increasing the social, social security tax, uh, raising the retirement age. Right now for most baby boomers, it's 66. Anybody who's born in 1960 or later, it's going to be age 67. And there's no reason it couldn't be 68, 69, or 70. And that's one way to tinker with it. That allows the money to last for a longer period of time. Or reducing cost of living adjustments is also discussed from time to time. But the bottom line is that most people collecting today and most baby boomers, they're not going to run out of uh, Social Security money. So you can count on that. And therefore, it's doubly important to make sure you make the right decisions. And uh, one of the things that we offer in our office is a free Baby Boomers Guide to Social Security. If anybody would like to receive a copy of that, you can do one of two things. Come to one of the seminars that we're going to be doing, one of our workshops, or just call the office and we'll be happy to send you the Baby Boomers Guide to Social Security for free. And it gives you all the information, a great deal of information you'd need to know basically in about six pages. And uh, these uh, workshops are going to uh, take place very soon. On the 14th of May, a Tuesday, there will be uh, two workshops at USA Wealth Group, 352 Fonts Corner Road, directly across from UMass Dartmouth School of Law, College of Law. And that's from 2 to 3.30 or 6.30 to 8 p.m. And then on Thursday, the 16th, 6.30 to 8 at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven, and you can get a, a nice uh, laminated copy of this very important information about Social Security that you probably wouldn't get anyplace else. Uh, it would not be offered anywhere else. Mm -hmm. The other thing to tell people is if you are interested in coming to one of the seminars, we're, we're getting a very good response already to uh, people who are interested in coming. Please call the office and make a reservation. It's 508 998 8858. Write down that number and be sure to call tomorrow. 508 998 8858. I want to tell you that the first thing you should do when you're thinking about Social Security and how much you're going to collect, you'll get a report. You can also go into socialsecurity.gov. It's a secure website. You must put in your Social Security number. You can look up your account. You can print out a report on what the record is that Social Security has for your earnings. The first thing you have to do is you have to check that record and make sure it's accurate. My own personal secretary of many, many years found out that there were errors on her report. Really? And she got it corrected, which will increase the amount of her Social Security payment. Mm -hmm. I had a gentleman who came in the office um, as a quick story, and he was short, um, I think, two or four quarters for collecting Social Security. You have to have 40 quarters, which is equal to 10 years of working and paying into the Social Security system. And he was short a few quarters. And he said, you know, I wonder if they would count the time that I served in the United States Air Force. And he said, that's not on my record. I said, get your record of when you served in the Air Force, bring it down to the Social Security office because that time does count. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't planning to work again just to make up those missing quarters. 
his benefit wasn't going to be huge, but at least it was something. If he hadn't gotten his record and brought right. it down to Social Security and had them correct the records, uh, he would not have been able to collect Social Security at all. So now he's mm -hmm. collecting Social Security. And Ray, when I received my Social Security card as a child, my dad, for some reason, put his first name as my middle name. And for years, wow. it was Philip Nicholas Paleologus, and my birth certificate is Philip C. Paleologus. So I had to make that correction years later uh, because of things that you were telling me. I made that correction. And Good. you can make that correction on, on anything. Well, the important point is don't assume that your record is accurate and That's correct. That's right. Take the time to go back and look through your old tax returns mm -hmm. and double-check it. Right. So your, the amount that you're entitled to collect will depend upon how much you earned over your working career. A lot of people think, if I make a lot of money in the last five years before I retire, I'm going to get a higher benefit. The answer is true, but it's still an average over a period of time. They take the highest 35 years of earnings – if you only had 25 years, then they'll just take those years. And those earnings are averaged, and that's what's going to determine the amount that you'll collect. So we're going to talk in a minute about the various ages at which you should apply for Social Security, 62, 66, or 70. When we come back, and hopefully if people are in this category at all of ages 58 to 65 especially, Take the time to become informed because it's going to make a difference of literally hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. And, Ray, before we go uh, for a quick break here, I just want to remind our listeners that uh, Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group is offering a series of free Social Security workshops to help explain what to expect when you retire. Now, the seating is limited, so please do call 508-998-8858. The workshops are going to be held Tuesday, May 14th, 2 to 3.30, and then 6.30 to 8 p.m. at their offices, USA Wealth Group at 352 Fonts Corner Road, and then on Thursday of the same week, May 16th, 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to attend this if you're thinking of retirement, and you must come by because you'll learn more about Social Security than you ever knew before. And we'll see you right after the break. Welcome back to Money Wise Radio Show with Ray and Peter Lance. Even though Peter is not with us, he is in spirit along with his beautiful new addition to the family. Yes, and we wish him many nights of sleep and rest. <laughs> Don't we, Phil? That's right. This program is brought to you, I think, as a true public service because of what you do. Well, you know, goal, uh, uh, Phil, our goal has always been to try to teach people something, educate people something. We think that the more money-wise you can be about a variety of topics, the more beneficial it will be for you and for your family and how much money you can leave to your family and how you can protect your assets from nursing homes. All these financial topics are vitally important to everybody. You bet. And my hope, and Peter's also, is that when people listen to us on a regular basis, they're going to be learning things from time to time that will help them 
in their own financial life. So I'd like to give you one more little quotation. Oh, I've been waiting. My dear friend Ben Franklin, he was an amazing uh, writer. And of course, he published the newspaper, so I think he had to constantly think of witty things to write. And one of the things that he wrote was, an investment in knowledge always pays the best interest. Oh, how absolutely clever and true. If I had to say anything, that's really what epitomizes what we do on this show. By the way, is epitomize a Greek word? It is. Probably. It is a Greek word. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we know what it means. It translated, it means USA Wealth Group is very... (laughs) Very happy to sponsor this hour. <laughs> it's a good thing this is a spontaneous show, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, let's come back and jump into the topic of Social Security. When people choose to apply makes a huge difference, and once you make that decision, it's a lifetime decision, and with a very small exception, you, you can only go back in the first 12 months and reverse that decision. Mm-hmm. You're stuck with that decision for life. A lot of people have to start collecting when they reach the age of 62 because they simply need the money. Um, if you can wait until uh, age 66, which is called the FRA, or full retirement age for most people, then you're going to collect 25% more. So at age 62, you're only going to get 75% of the amount that you would be able to collect at age 66. If you don't need to take the money at age 66, you can defer for a while longer until age 70, and the amount you will collect will increase by 8% a year, or a total of 32% higher than at age 66. And we tell a lot of people, if you have money that you can take from another source, here's a very useful tip. If you have money in a retirement account, for example, We know that you don't have to take it out of your retirement account until you reach age 70 and a half. But for a lot of people, it will make more sense to start taking money at age 66 from your retirement account to live on, and then let your Social Security account continue to build until age 70. And now you're going to have a much higher income stream for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And if you die, your spouse is going to be able to collect that amount as well. So it requires careful analysis. One of the things that we need to do is we need to do a computer software program. We do that right in our office. And we can show anyone, uh, especially if it's a married couple, six or seven different variations of how to collect Social Security. And what's the optimum age? We can show you exactly over your anticipated lifetime you're going to collect this amount or that amount or a smaller amount. Does one's health determine when somebody should start collecting? Sure, Ken. If, for example, somebody has a chronic condition or a series of chronic medical conditions, which often we see, if somebody has, you know, heart conditions and diabetes together, maybe with something else, then they might think that they're not going to live for many, many years, and maybe they may want to start collecting at a younger age. And we can show you exactly what happens at 66, 62, 70, and anything in between, and how it impacts you and how it impacts your spouse if you're married. And that's always a factor that we take into account. I mean, you have to. You have to be realistic about it. Of course. So there are ways to estimate Social Security. You can also go on to uh, www.socialsecurity.gov 
and click on Estimate Your Retirement Benefits. Uh, we can help you uh, do a actual calculation. So we've talked about optimum ages for collecting and what happens if you get divorced? Well, if you've been married for at least 10 years and you're divorced, and let's say the husband has a higher earning record and husband and ex-wife are both 66, as long as the husband starts to collect at age 66 and the wife is the same age, she can go in and collect a 50% benefit. Nice. She can collect a survivor's benefit from the husband if the husband dies. And if, I'm gonna pick on the husband, and let's say that he had several marriages, each of which were 10 years, any of the former spouses, as long as they were married for 10 years, can go back in and collect off that spouse's record or the ex-spouse's record. Yeah, that is interesting. It's not an argument for divorce and subsequent remarriage, but (laughs) nevertheless, it's there. Great information. So the survivor benefit is very important for a married couple. The survivor uh, gets to choose which of the accounts to collect on. But there are some other very important rules as well. And as you mentioned, we talked about health. You need to think about your health, your life expectancy, uh, when you're going to need income, do you plan to work, and what are going to be the needs for the survivor. So you always have to think about your surviving spouse and how to maximize benefits for the surviving spouse as well. Um, Cost of living increases. Uh, They really haven't amounted to a lot. We had a recent cost of living increase earlier this year, but we also had a corresponding increase in the cost of Medicare insurance. So they really took away part of the cost of living increase for the Social Security side. So how can you improve your Social Security benefits? How can you maximize? Number one, look at your records. Make sure that your records are accurate. Make sure there aren't any missing years and make sure you can compare if you kept your tax returns because if anything is not correct and you can correct it, you can increase the value of your account. Mm -hmm. You can correct that after you started collecting also if you find mistakes and they'll go back and do a readjustment and a recalculation. Um, The second important rule is to apply for Social Security at the most optimal time. Again, we have to look at your situation your health, your other retirement assets. Um, We want to look at your income. For example, why would you want to collect Social Security at age 62 if you didn't really need the money because you were still working? That's throwing money away because the government is going to reduce your actual Social Security check. So you're going to start out taking a lower amount at age 62, still continue to work, And for every $2 that you earn over roughly $15,000, every $2 that you make over $15,000, they're going to reduce $1 off your Social Security check. Mm -hmm. So you could end up making nothing on your Social Security check, and you've just blown your Social Security record. So that's not a good plan. The other thing is to always make sure that you coordinate benefits with with your spouse and there are a couple of ways to do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, folks, if you haven't made your reservations 
for these great workshops that a lot of what uh, Ray is discussing will be brought up at the free workshops. Call 508-998-8858 tomorrow and make your reservations for the Tuesday, May 14th and Thursday, May 16th free workshops. Right. We hope to see you there. Just make a reservation is the most important thing. There's two uh, very important strategies that spouses can use. Uh, one is called file and suspend, and the other is called the restricted application. I mentioned earlier in this show um, the 72-year-old man who was already collecting for a number of years and his wife who hadn't yet started to collect, and she's going to collect a spousal benefit, which is 50% of the husband's amount, and she's going to defer claiming her own account until she reaches 70. Mm-hmm. And then when she reaches that age, she'll decide which is the more beneficial account to continue to collect on. But file and suspend is something you can do once you reach full retirement age, which is either 66 or 67, depending upon your date of birth. And once you reach full retirement age, so let's say the husband is a year older than the wife and he does this, he can file for his Social Security benefit at 100% amount, because at age 66, that's his full retirement age. But just because you file at that age doesn't mean you have to start collecting the money. So he can file for it, and then he can suspend. That means he has effectively qualified his account. And then that will allow the spouse with the smaller earnings record to start collecting 50% of that amount. So even though the husband's not collecting at all, his wife, uh, for example, could still start to collect the other amount. And we're assuming basically that that they're the same age when we do this. Um, But this allows the lower earning spouse to let their own personal account continue to grow. And it's essentially what we did with this couple. And we've made them a lot more money just by that one simple thing. And by the way, that was free advice. We didn't charge for that. We simply showed them the calculations, explained it to them. They went down to Social Security and did that. Terrific. Wow. Another approach is to do what's called a restricted application. It's similar to file and suspend. And I realize these are complicated things to understand, especially when you're perhaps hearing about them for the first time or on the radio. But file and suspend um, in reverse is called the restricted application. So the higher earning spouse can actually start collecting a spousal benefit on the lower earning spouse's record and allow their own record to continue to accumulate to age 70 and become even larger. Most people have never heard about file and suspend or restricted application. Right. They're similar, but they're not exactly the same. And you just need to know about those things if you're a married couple because that's how you make more money for the rest of your life. So we talked a little bit about the cost of working also. And remember I mentioned earlier that uh, at the lower threshold age, if you start collecting at age 62 and you're still working, that can be a really bad mistake because everything over uh, approximately $15,000 Everything you make over 15000 for every $2 you make, they're going to take $1 back out of your Social Security check. You'll mm-hmm. never see the money. And if you had simply waited until age 66, right. you would have made 25% more on the account. 
So you need to really think carefully before you automatically get down and apply for Social Security. Now, once you reach full retirement age, which is age 66, your benefits will no longer be reduced at all. So at age 66, if you're still working, and a lot of people are today, and you now start to collect Social Security, you're going to get your full retirement Social Security amount. They will not reduce it. Taxation is a little bit different question. We'll talk about that in a minute. But again, just be careful to make sure you don't start collecting too early if you're also still working. Social Security taxation is another uh, interesting subject. You know, I love the subject of taxes. I, I don't know why, but it's, it's a puzzle, and I, I've always liked puzzles, especially like taxes. I don't like paying taxes, but I, I like the puzzle of taxes, and it's important. So let's talk about taxation of Social Security. Um, if you have earnings and income, let's say you have a part-time job, you might have a pension, uh, you might have uh, interest, dividends, and other taxable income that has to be reported in your tax return. The way the threshold income is calculated is to add all those items together, your wages, your interest, your dividends, and then add in one half of your total Social Security benefits. Oh, really? If the amount of all of that is less than $32,000, then Social Security doesn't get taxed at all. Hmm. Now, I was just wondering, is that almost a double taxation on Social Security because you were taxed once when you were working, right? You know, that's, that's interesting, except that when you contribute to Social Security, first of all, you're paying part of it and the employer is paying part of it. So I guess you could say that half of it might not be counted in the first place or your own earnings. But sure, you could make an argument for that. But Nobody said that these rules have to make sense. You just have to understand them and figure out how to maximize them. Now, when you add all those things together, including one half of your Social Security, if your income total is between $32,000 and $44,000, then essentially 50% of your Social Security is subjected to taxation. And if you make more than $44,000 total, including counting in one half of your Social Security in that formula, 85% of your Social Security is going to be subject to taxation. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean if somebody wants to collect Social Security, let's say after full retirement age of 66, and yet they'd like to minimize taxes on it? Well, it might mean that you want to have some of your assets and things that aren't producing taxable income. It might mean that you want to have tax-free bonds where the interest isn't going to be included. So again, there's a whole different financial strategy, and you need to think about it. Otherwise, yes, you're collecting Social Security, and it's nice to see the check coming in, but you could be paying as much as 85% My goodness. Uh, of that, or including 85% of that as uh, income. So the rules are complicated. Um, we'll talk about some more of this in a little bit more detail. We're going to cover some of these primary points when we go to our seminars. And um, just to remind people, if you would do that, that would be great. The uh, seminars, ladies and gentlemen, are free. You really can't afford to miss them because this uh, is all about your Social Security and will be held on Tuesday, May 14th between 2 and 3.30 and then in the evening at 6.30 
to 8 o'clock at USA Wealth Group. Now, they're located right across from the University of Massachusetts uh, School of Law on Fonts Corner Road, 352. <clears throat> and then on Thursday, May 16th, 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven. Folks, this is the best kind of free workshop that will help you maximize. And I'd like to remind people that the people who will get the most out of this seminars, these seminars are people who are between the ages of 58 and 65. But no matter what your age, I think you can learn something that would be useful, even if you're already collecting Social Security. And we'll be happy to answer questions on other financially related topics as well. Now remember, uh, seating is limited. So we want you to call tomorrow, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. would love to see you there. We certainly would. And um, planning is important for us in terms of making sure we have enough donuts and cookies for the seminar. <laughs> you know... Um, I like to take vacation every once in a while. Do you do anything to relax and to play, Phil? And you play with grandchildren occasionally. And... Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the best way to release the energy. Hearing their laughter just can change any anyone's attitude in a second. <laughs> and my, my daughter keeps telling her 14-month-old 14 14 child that, I have the same mentality as he does because I get down on the floor and play with him. Oh, that's the best. I want to give you one of my other famous quotations for today. Uh-huh. Men do not quit playing because they grow old. They grow old because they quit playing. Oh, I think that is awesome. That was Oliver Wendell Holmes. Oh, that is Famous so jurist in this country. But we have to have a good attitude about um, play. We have to have a good attitude about planning and our goal is always to show people, I don't care what your financial position is, we can do something to show you how to make more money, how to save more money, how to protect your money. Mm-hmm. And that's our mission, is to improve people's financial lives, you know, one at a time. You know, part and parcel of collecting Social Security is that people need to think about applying for Medicare, which is a government health insurance. And it's absolutely essential, no matter what age you start collecting Social Security at, Mm -hmm. you have to sign up for Medicare when you reach age 65. There's a window of a few months before that, and there's a window of a few months after that. Do not ignore that window. It's critically important. If you wait too long and too late to start collecting Medicare, there's a penalty. The amount that you will be paying for your premium is going to be greater, and that's locked in for the rest of your life. So applying for Medicare, we'll touch on that a little bit also at our seminar. We're not going to go into it in any detail today just because time won't permit. But Medicare is, uh, is critical. It's a critical form of our health care in this country, and... Um, Don't ignore that very important date of age 65. And we'll help you answer any questions that you might have about that as well. So I'd like to come back and talk just a little bit more about some of the mechanics of Social Security. And we have detailed position papers that are available and we can share on some of these more complicated strategies that we've talked about. But I want to reiterate the point that 
Applying for Social Security is not real simple. Incidentally, um, we've tried a couple of times to ask somebody from the Social Security office to come on the air, um, but their government policy, I guess, doesn't allow them to do that. No, wow, uh, I didn't know that. Even this particular show, we asked if we could have somebody from the office, the local mm-hmm. office, but right? they don't permit it. Really? So <laughs> who do you turn to? Well, you can get information down there, but they're often very busy, as you know, and you need to sit down with somebody like Peter and myself or come to one of our seminars and right. learn as much as you can. You can never learn too much about this very important topic. I actually went to somebody else's conference recently, actually in the last three weeks, and they had as a special guest speaker a gentleman who had just retired as the New England Regional Director of Communications for Social Security. Wow. And his sole job was to go out and speak to public groups and senior groups and talk about Social Security and how to apply and explain some of the mechanics and benefits, much as we're doing today and we'll be doing in the seminar. And what I found interesting is that I think he had a 32-year career with Social Security, and he's retired. What do you suppose he's doing now? Lecturing on what he did all he's his life. He's giving lectures on Social Security, <laughs> and he's doing individual consultations and charging people uh-huh. to give them advice on how to collect Social Security. So I, I just found it a little bit ironic. I mean, mm-hmm. on the one hand, he's using his knowledge to advantage. On the other hand, it really illustrates the point that it's a complicated enough subject that he's able to go out and further make a living right. by telling people how to do it. A lot in Washington do just that once they retire from their positions. Sure. What is the number one most asked question uh, during the uh, workshops, during the seminars? Well, I think most people uh, don't really have a full understanding of the fact that once you make the decision, you're locked in for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. The second question is people don't realize that if they take money from another source, even if it means taking money out of a savings account, for example, it might be a better decision for them because they're going to start out Social Security at a much higher level, and not only that level, but also the accumulated cost of living increases, they're going to start out at a generally higher amount. So that question is often asked, um, you know, what's the best age for me? And we simply tell them, we'll sit down with you and put in all of your numbers, bring in your Social Security statement, or we'll look it up on the computer with you side by side, and we'll do an analysis for you, and then you make the decision but we'll show you what the numbers are going to look like. Mm-hmm. And the numbers, the differences and choices are staggering. So I always encourage people to get as much information as possible. We have reports on the Baby Boomers Guide for Social Security. We're happy to give to anybody whether or not you come to the seminar. Uh, we have information on the fact that most people tend to underestimate their life expectancy, and you need to plug that in. Uh, There are very uh, different strategic choices to be made in deciding when and how to collect. And you need to think that um, the most important thing you need to look at in retirement is, are you going to have enough income? So you want to start out your income base at a higher level. And you can do that by making proper Social Security decisions. We want to show people how to do that. And you do it so well. 
Be sure to take advantage of the free workshops. You can't afford to miss these. Call tomorrow, 508-998-8858. That is USA Wealth Group on Fonts Corner Road. What a delight. And again, our congratulations to Peter and Jen on their new little baby girl. All the love in the Charlotte. world. Charlotte. They're going to call her Charlie for abbreviation for short. <laughs> and that's that's a nice name, I think. So yeah, that'll I be fun. too. So our congratulations to them. You bet. We missed you, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie, by the way, uh, will probably have a life expectancy of well over 100 years. And so we'll make sure that she's going to make the right Social Security decisions. And many more. You betcha. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, as always, for being such a, a loyal and wonderful listening audience. We look forward to the show next week, Ray. And thank you for always relying on USA Wealth Group for all the information you need, whether it's about retirement, maximizing your savings. Remember, it's your money or Social Security. We want you to be money-wise. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.